Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I'm really excited to talk to a horror author because I usually am, but he's written a really, really interesting trilogy. Um, we're going to talk about his first book. It's called The Local Truth. It's the White Harbor Horror Trilogy. Um, I want you guys to say hi to Carlos, who is in Costa Rica. Hi, how are you? Hi, how's it going, Oki? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you because not only... Are you writing this trilogy? You just recently published your first book, but I want to get all into your book. Can you can you tell me what your first book is about? Well, the the trilogy as a whole is about a, a small town, a small seaside town named White Harbor. It's this town where pretty much everything that the townspeople say, their secrets, their fears, their you know the local folklore, everything is feeding this entity that has been living in the town for a long time and there's a cult in the town that worships it as if it were a god so the main character peter he's uh returning to town he's estranged from his mother she's in the hospital with alzheimer's so he's coming to visit her uh what he doesn't know is that his mother is the leader of this cult in town so th- what he's doing by coming back to town without him knowing is that he's setting off this ritual that the cult has been waiting for a very very long time oh wow i'm so intrigued by this this is so <laughs> interesting okay i have so many questions already because this is sure. fascinating. Okay, so <laughs> this is this is labeled as a supernatural horror trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Talking about Colts and him going back pretty much against his mother. What are some supernatural elements do you have in your books for us to get really drawn into? Well, the the thing that that happens in the story is that there's this there's a lot of history behind the town when it comes to to supernatural events. Like people seem to die very young in this town under strange circumstances. And what's okay. weird is that most of the townspeople seem to be aware that this is a thing that happens. They kind of but, accept it, like it is. But they they okay. kind of accept it as 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 a local thing. They call this group of you know little local beliefs blight harbor and uh, gotcha. what they don't know is that this is an actual thing that is being created by everything that uh that goes on in the town so as we go further along in the in the book we start exploring what blight harbor is and as we go through the trilogy we even we get to actually see it. That's the idea. The book itself follows several people within the town who are related to to Peter. They're his friends through several time periods. And uh, through that, we start learning the history of the town, what have been the like the key events in making the town what it is, you know, what ends up happening with this with this ritual that that is that is taking place. I like that. White Harbor is this, it's a main character also that you've put yes. this spotlight on a place. You know, as much as we want to read about Peter, as much as we want to read about his mother, there's something 
so attractive about reading about about White Harbor itself. How was it writing the town, you know, characters and things like that? So it, it's been really interesting because one of the things, uh, as you mentioned, like White Harbor itself is a character. And that means that the people within the town have to become parts of that character. So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't just focus on Peter, even though Peter is kind of right. like the, the, like the anchor. Thro- Exactly. Right. He's the, the anchor for for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, each of these characters has something to add to the big picture. So coming up with what caused what. So there are three main time periods. One of them is the 2020s, so where we are right now. Then there are the um, there's the period between 1989 and 1993. And then the last one is all the way back in the late 1800s when the town was being founded. So we get to see these three periods and we start seeing like the the little connections and the little echoes of what happened back in 1800 in the, the modern times. How was it writing Peter to to be the one that kind of faces everything as along with the reader? So for me, and and this is probably getting a little in the in the in the personal space, but Peter is based on experiences of my own life and my relationship with my own mother only That's turned true. into into fictional horror. So it, it was very easy writing him because it was pretty much taking things that happened with my own mother, uh, with whom I had a very complicated relationship when I was a teenager, when I, even now as an adult, right now things have gotten much better, but they were in a pretty bad place. So taking those things and translating them into a novel. So Peter, for me, is what would have happened if I hadn't actually taken control of my own life. It's interesting for you to write a path that you that you have this wonder about. Like if this didn't happen in my life, this would happen. This is this is yes. so, amazing but, to to know from from coming from an author that way. So for me, one of the things that that makes Peter a complex character is the fact that even though he has taken some agency in his life, there's this part of him that keeps excusing years and years of abuse. He has taken all of this abuse from his mother. He has heard and seen all the horrible things that his mother has done. And he's aware that it's terrible, but he keeps making excuses for her. So for me, the reason why it's what could have gone wrong in my life is that at one point in my life, I did make excuses for her. But at one point I said, wait, why am I excusing this? No, this can continue happening. So Peter is what would have happened if other people had had to take that agency for me. Uh, being able to say, no, this guy is in trouble. This this woman is doing horrible things to him. We need to get him out of there. So that's Peter. I love that as a reader, you can, you absolutely get entertainment from the the supernatural, the horror part because of the book. But yet there's a human side to it as far as relating to coming, you know, relating to what the author was giving us throughout his writing or throughout your writing. Was it kind of difficult writing certain parts then, like pulling back from what you were saying just now with the relationship with your mother to now writing this book? Was it kind of 
triggering at some point? It was uh, not so much triggering, but there's that part of you that, you know, kind of says like, hey, maybe you shouldn't write this because uh, <laughs> your relationship with your mom is cool right now and she's going right. to read this. You're or, being honest at some point, right? And it could be it could be threatening to some things. That, yeah, exactly. And, and family and friends are going to read that and they're going to go like, wait, is, is, is he talking about his mom? So it was... That was one of the most difficult parts, but uh, ultimately I feel like one of the things you owe your reader is to be honest. Like even if you're writing fiction, you have to be honest Mm -hmm. uh, and and just kind of write your truth there. So that's what I did. What is it about the supernatural horror that that you enjoy writing so much? You know, (laughs) I guess for me, ever since I was a kid, so I, I was always kind of this introverted kid um so um i'm queer and uh when i was a kid i was growing up in a very very small town and and kind of white harbor is based on that town so i was growing up in a very small town as a queer lonely introverted nerd i spent a lot of time alone i had my group of friends but i spent a lot of time alone part of being alone means you're afraid a lot of the time so for me uh, the supernatural is a way to take all of those things that scare you all of those things that you feel could damage you and putting them on a page where you can kind of exercise them mm-hmm. without uh them being able to hurt you so it's living right. all of those things you're afraid of but they can't hurt you back so it right. becomes entertainment like a certain know. control also exactly. know, mentally and stuff so have you always read horror stories and books growing up yes uh i mean i've always liked horror science fiction fantasy but uh for me horror has been like my my main go-to like since uh since i was a kid what i've read is uh, has been like uh stephen king well even though it's not horror horror you know the lord of the rings for me is just the best thing ever (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah well stephen king i've read some dean coons uh when it comes to even going as far as manga junji ito has been a great inspiration i've been Uh, wanting to read shiver for a while and and of course yeah and he has a lot of uh, a lot of other horror stories that are are, are really amazing And, and the thing is the way he writes things is like yes this is weird just accept it and keep going <laughs> and you're going to love it. But right. at, at first, that, that's his style and I love that. And more recently, so David Wong, Jason Pargin has been a, a great influence. So David Wong has this style that I love that is, um, how would I say it? Like he he has a very hilarious form of writing in which you're you're laughing at all the poo-poo and pee-pee humor, you know? But behind that, there's always this very intelligent, very disturbing analysis on human nature and the world itself. You're laughing while you're being disturbed. So I I love love reading about human behavior like that. It's oddly fascinating. (laughs) So with The Local Truth, how long did that take you to kind of build this white harbor world did you know it was going to be a trilogy when you first approached this here's the funny thing that was actually based on a short story that i wrote oh 20 years ago 
Oh. And it was a very, it was a very short story. Like it was at first, it was just literally Peter comes home, meets his mother. Weird stuff happened. When I wrote it, a lot of people responded very well to the ending, and they were like, "Oh my god, we love this! Are you going to publish this? This was great!" Blah blah blah. Then I spent a lot of time kind of thinking, like, "Should I publish it? Shouldn't I publish it?" You know. So when I got to that point, that's when I started developing everything, and it just kind of grew. So it, it did take me probably about between six months and a year to have the whole story and the whole world mapped out. Obviously, I, I don't map out like all the specific little details because mm -hmm. I like to leave room for imagination to run wild. Right. But I had all the key plot points, all the key characters. That took me about six months to a year to plan out. Okay. So what's your future plan with the second book and the third book? What, is there a timeline that you've already kind of figured out or i don't have a specific timeline but uh, it's kind of tentative but uh, the idea was to release book two sometime early next year oh that's quick yeah yeah and i'm, I'm actually already like eighty thousand words into book two about i would say like two-thirds done maybe three-quarters done and then the the third book like you know, halfway through 2024. That's the plan. There are always Congrats, delays, but man. that's the idea. <laughs> right. This is this is so cool. How was it going through the publishing process for you? At first, uh, I had I had released a version of book one as self-published. I was very lucky, and uh, I signed with. Uh, they're a small publisher, a new publisher, but they're amazing. Uh, with uh, Slashic Horror Press, they loved the book, and they were like, "We we want the whole." trilogy so <laughs> congrats again that is thank you that that's hard work earned well that's so cool <laughs> yes thank you for me it was surprising because it was it was the second query that i sent that's that makes it a cool story actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, and I know that that means i got incredibly incredibly lucky i know that a, a lot of authors sent so many queries before they even get signed. I got really lucky to just find these guys that really love the book and they really understand it and they've been supportive and my, my editor and my uh, my marketing director, they're both just about the most amazing people in the world. Um. So Carlos, what else can you tell me about you as an author? Oh, wow. I don't know how to answer that question. Sorry, I know. That's, that's kind of broad. It's like wide. Because you've already yeah. told me a good amount, and I and I really like that. We're just I'm always more curious about what you guys do <laughs> or what you guys love. <laughs> so I'm Costa Rican. That means that I've been influenced by a lot of local uh, legends and stories, and you know, old wives' tales. You know that are very much from here. Some people ask like, wait, but if, if you're Costa Rican, why are, why are you writing a, a book in English that happens in the United States? And the way I see it is if I take all of these experiences and stories and tales from here and I move them to another location, mm -hmm. I'm creating a sense of non-familiarity. You know, that for me creates an, uh, an atmosphere of, of horror and, and that that's like a On spice in my book. Right. Yeah. One funny tale was that, so everybody in Latin America knows the tale of La Llorona. 
In Latin America, every country has their version of La Llorona, and it's this uh, woman who lost her children because her children drowned, uh, and now she haunts oh, gotcha. the river, you know, calling out for her children. In that town where I lived in, Sikiris, uh, I had these cousins that they lived very close to the river, and they would swear and assure you that that was the river where La Llorona lost her children. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so everybody was afraid of, of going to their house late because they were afraid that they would look over to the river and see La Llorona there calling for right. her children. So that's the kind of mood that I want to bring to, to White Harbor, this idea of children know that their town is haunted, the adults know that their town is haunted, but mm -hmm. they just take it as a kind of like the place they live in. I'm from Thailand. I grew up there as a kid. I moved to the States when I was nine. But there's, you know, there's, of course, a famous story that you hear growing up that's similar to that. There's something fantastic about hearing the, story, the same story over and over, different versions. But you you remember just enjoying that, that goosebump fear because we both love the horror genre, you know, there's something about that that's really attractive to you when you read or hear about. So I love when you that you gave that you share that story actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's 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 those are the little the little things that I think influence us in what we do. So there's this brand of sauce here in Costa Rica that's considered like the definition of of Costa Rican condiments. It's <laughs> yeah. called it's called uh -huh. salsa lisano. So what okay. I tell people is that White Harbor is kind of like writing the like the classic American novel. Like if, if you read something Stephen King, it would, mm -hmm. it, there would be some things that feel like that, like the, the usual uh, American horror novel, but with a little bit of salsa lisano thrown in. Not enough to be overpowering, but just something <laughs> there that tells you like, oh, this has a different taste. There's something there different. Oh, that's so cool. That's a perfect way to say things. I like that you can kind of preempt your, your series with that. As much as we read horror and things, it's always nice to see like a like a something different that brings to the table. I'm fascinated by by your trilogy. This is so cool. I'm sure you're so filled with writing this trilogy, but is there something that you also want to work on? beyond this or a little bit future in the future or a short story that you, that you still have in your heart or so i i did publish th this one was self-published but it was a it's a very short story called esperanza there's this superstition here in costa rica about this bug that's the the green katie did that bug we call it esperanza because there's the superstition that if you take one in your fingers and place it on your hand, like very carefully without hurting it, it will give you good fortune. Oh. This is a short story about a kid that really hates or really likes to hurt bugs. So what oh, happens man. when, you know, when he hurts uh, an Esperanza? Right. So that's uh, that's available on Amazon. So I published it a while back. It was just kind of like a like a little mm -hmm. project I did to test some writing. But I, I really love the story in it. Oh, I love you get to hear this folklore, these stories, and then you put a spin on it. This is great. So, Carlos, where can we get your books? So the Local Truth is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any anywhere you can find, uh, anywhere you can buy books online. It should be available, uh, and it's available on ebook and paperback, and it's on Kindle Unlimited right now. 
Well, congratulations. Since you just published A Local Truth, I'm excited to see the rest of the trilogy going up. Thank you for sharing me about this world that you've created, about White Harbor and about this cult that's, that's I think it's so fascinating to read about. Any last minute thing you want to say before we go today? Sure. Well, the um, just as a, as an extra thing, the local truth, the book itself includes a bonus novella within it, uh, oh, and it's cool. kind of like a like a bonus prequel novella called "I Am the Door." If you want to read only the novella uh, to give yourself an idea of what it is, it's a it's a horror novella happening in 1968 in one of the the town's famous haunted houses and it's that one is available on godless horror as an exclusive but if you buy white harbor you'll get white harbor book one the local truth and uh, the novella uh, i am the door that's so neat i love that I like that we can get a little bit more of your work while we're waiting on book two and so forth. So, well, I want to say thank you for coming today and talking to me. And I'm so glad to have met you and mainly because I, I love things like this. And these stories are so fascinating. I hope you come back to talk to me when you when you get the rest of your trilogy going or anything beyond this. But congratulations with this work, Carlos. This is so cool. <laughs> thank you so much, Oki. I appreciate it. And thank you so yes. much for, you know, for having me. Yay. That would be great. That, it'd be great to come back, of course. Yay! It's in recording, Carlos, so you can't say no. <laughs> but have a good day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.